and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective. Today, I have a very special guest that I've known for, oh my gosh, probably about 15 years now. And actually, it's someone that I'm very close to and that I live with. My husband, Oz Fox, is with us today. And if some of you don't know who he is, I'd love you to just Google his name because he is not only my husband, he is a rock star in the rock and roll world and in the Christian world. Oz, welcome to my show today. Very nice. <laughs> I was going to say, welcome to my pink chair show. Obviously, you're sitting in the chair today. It's been a while since we've yeah, had you. It's great. Looks awesome. Yeah. And uh, I'm so excited that you're here today. And I asked you to come on because we've been talking the past couple weeks about being called to something. Hmm. And how did you get called? Because I just told the audience that you are in a famous rock band. Right. I'm in the group Striper. The band Striper. Yep. And obviously this band is not a new band. It's been here for how long? Well, roughly since 1983 is when we pretty much started uh, uh, with albums and whatnot. But, but I mean, we actually got together before that uh, in 1982, a year before or so. And uh, But I actually knew the guys years before that because we went to high school together. Right, right. So, so let's get into that in a little bit, because I want to talk about, first of all, you know, you being called, because obviously it's not something that you probably plan to do. I mean, you, you knew you wanted to be in a band, correct? You knew that. Yeah, yeah, of course. But how did this all start? Because you were a little boy, and I remember you telling me stories, because you tell me stories that are behind the scenes a lot, and mm -hmm. I like to press record on my phone because I know <laughs> one day it's going to come out in a book. <laughs> so one of the stories that you tell me is about your uncle. My aunt. Or your aunt, your yes. auntie, right? Yes. Thea. My and, aunt Jeannie. Yeah. yeah, your aunt Jeannie. What happened with that when well, you were at a party? Of course, uh, even stepping back further than that, I mean, I was really into singing and I sang a lot at home when my mom would clean the house she'd play a lot of music yeah so there were so many different artists that were involved with that but but for the most part i sang so much that my grand my grandfather my father's father my paternal grandfather he liked to play guitar and sing at, at all of the family gatherings so uh he actually had me sing with him at some of these barbecues and and whatnot and and in a lot of times uh, when I would do that, there'd be uncles that would be there that would hand me money when I'd sing with my grandfather. And how old were you? Oh, that started when I was six years old. Okay. You know, five, six years old, I was doing that. Um, so eventually, as time went on, I, I learned how to play guitar and sing along with him. He taught me my first chords, my grandfather, Sam. And, um, and so it was, you know, it was kind of something I really just slipped into because it was a passion that was in me for a long time. And that's usually what happens with people from musical families or whatever. Uh, and um, so, I mean, it, it, it eventually it got to a point where uh, I really got into playing guitar and, and that led me to really kind of get into different artists guitar playing wise and trying to copy what they did. And, and that, that led to, as time went on in my high school years, to want to play in a band and get together with guys. And that's pretty much uh, where I started working with Robert Sweet from the band Striper. 
and uh, but but going back to when I was a kid, obviously my family was very uh, uh, supportive and encouraging with it. And my aunt, we talked about my aunt Jeannie. She uh, she she used to have these big barbecue parties with friends at her house in Pico Rivera, California, and and um, and, and so she would hire these guys to come in and play at these parties. This one guy that played piano was awesome pianist and he sang and he had a beatbox thing that ran tape with you know drum beats and whatnot and my aunt comes up to me when i'm like this is like when i was like 10 or 11 years old and she says hey you want to sing something and i'm like oh like sing what she goes well go talk to so-and-so and have him uh, uh you know see if he knows a song you know and so sure enough we figured it out and you know, the guy looks at me and he says, uh, well, what do you know? And I says, well, I looked at him because my dad was a huge jazz fanatic and whatever. He goes, what do you know? And I says, oh, well, do you know uh, Natural Man by Lou Rawls? And he <laughs> looks at me and he's like, surprise, you know, what's this kid going to do? You know, and so my aunt, he starts playing the piano, this beat, this kind of a cool vibe going with the piano and the beatbox. And, and, uh, and so my aunt sticks me up on a big chair in front of these like 30 40 people in her patio and uh i start singing the song and everybody starts dancing <laughs> and there i am just you know controlling you know the stage so to speak and i sang through the whole song of uh, a song called natural man by lou rawls lou and, rawls is a great singer oh yeah he still is hard well not anymore but i mean he his music still lives on and um so after that, the whole place went nuts. They started clapping. And then next thing you know, people are handing me $5 bills. And I walked out of there with you know, a wad of money, which was like, okay, I think uh, this is something I should do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, of course you were a little kid, so they probably yeah. felt like obligated to tip you. Yeah. I mean, that's just what people did. I mean, it's really awesome when a young kid would get up there and yeah. it's like a talent show, right? Yeah, yeah sort but of. Was that nervous for you to play in front of your family? Did you mm. feel any type of way like you didn't want to do it or? Didn't, didn't bother me one bit. Or did you feel excited to do it? Like, oh, wow, the, the, the stage lights are on me. I, I don't know. I think I was always kind of a, you know, show off to my family. <laughs> you still are, honey. <laughs> play stuff on my guitar and then you just kind of yeah elaborate from there in your life and eventually it ended up i ended up in you know jamming with different people playing at backyard parties at, uh, at, in high school and so that's how you started playing in, in different like rock bands just yeah. you, you would guest appear well just you know you throw a little project together and then next thing you know you're playing at a backyard party and and then the cops show up and then that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. And then what about like, who was your favorite, who was your iconic uh, favorite band and who was your oh. iconic favorite guitar player? Well, okay. I, you're, <laughs> that's a loaded question because there's a ton of guitar players that, 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 that have you influenced admired, me. That you admired. Yeah, a ton of them. I mean, you, when I was in my younger years, it would have been uh, anybody in the Beatles, you know, uh, you know, George Harrison, John Lennon, whatever. Uh, uh, but then, uh, as time went on, there was other people that kind of came in like Buck Owens. My mom mm -hmm. listened to Buck Owens and, and, uh, he had an album called open up your heart, which, uh, uh, the guitar playing on that, it's all like chicken picking, but I wish you would have brought your guitar. Now. Oh, geez. Well, I don't know. You I'm can a, sing that song a, good. <laughs> so, uh, but then as time went on, you know, uh, there were, uh, other band, uh, guitar players like Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton and and guys like that and as in high school turned into tony iomi from black sabbath and and uh guys like that and and then 
uh, when Van Halen came out, Edward Van Halen changed my world. And uh, that became the big passion is to learn anything by Eddie. Uh, and I went, did my hardest to go see him play live, and, you know, to watch his hands. and and uh, He had he, long fingers. Yeah, he did. But he, he was just genius. Yes. What he did. Like you said one time to me when we listened to uh, I'm the One off the first album, it's like he's dancing yeah. on the fretboard, mm -hmm. which I thought was just amazing. What a gift. Mm-hmm. You know? But I noticed that in you, when I first met you and I saw you play on stage, I couldn't believe that you were playing all the different songs that I knew mm. that were hits. And I'm like, how does he know how to play these? Because you are very good at learning things. I've watched you do this over the years, learn music for different shows that you're doing, not just striper music, but just normal shows that you get paid to do. Uh, on the Las Vegas Strip that you've been a part of, which has been really fun for you. And then also other bands like Blood Good. Hmm. But the main thing is my question is about Striper is because it 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 started, you know, with, of course, Rock's Regime started yeah. with Robert and Michael. And then when you joined, it was still Rock's Regime. Yeah. And then what happened? Well, well, it, it, it's, I mean, at one point uh, we were all it was it, we didn't have a bass player at the time. And it was Robert Sweet, Michael Sweet and I in the garage where we were where we rehearsed at it was their house in la mirada and a good friend of theirs uh came walking in who was a believer uh, also a musician he walked in and looked at all three of us and said you know you guys all come from christian homes and and uh you know you know if you dedicated your music to jesus he will take you to places you've never been before if you glorify him through your music you know he'll take you places you've never been before and 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 sure enough that's what we all did you know we all sat there and held hands rededicated our lives to christ because i came from a christian home but was backslidden at the time and uh but and, your mom was praying over your bedroom yeah, yeah my mom was always praying for me you know always encouraging me to seek the lord wasn't she like uh putting like oil and <laughs> on your pillows and no 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 it what was, was she doing with well your... well because she wasn't all for me playing secular music and like of course like i was death metal yeah well it was like black sabbath yeah okay that was one of my favorite bands before van halen came black sabbath albums were just in my box there of records, of records yeah and my mom couldn't stand the dark themes so in her mind, it was like because she came, she went to more of a charismatic church. Mm -hmm. um, she learned all these things about praying over stuff to change, have God change things. And she would take my Sabbath albums and anoint them with oil and pray over them. <laughs> and I'm not laughing. It's not funny, but it's I can just see her doing yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> you know my mom. But um, but the the funny thing is, is I think her prayers worked. Yeah, because something I, happened. I, I I was put in the right situation for me to feel the conviction of playing music for Christ. Right. With the band now, 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 didn't you before Striper? Didn't you want to start a band that mm -hmm. was called? 
It's something to do with tombstones. No, no. It, because of Black Sabbath, I was, right. of course, not being a strong believer and not really following the, the, the path of Christianity like I should have in my teenage years. I got so wrapped up in their image that I thought, man, it'll be great to start a band and call it Rest in Peace. And it would be all about death. R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah. Rip. Well, Rest in Peace would right. have been the name. So, um, and all my friends knew about it. They thought it was silly, you know, and I, I just came up with all these ideas about what that would be like. And it was totally not, not uh, Christian at all. But the funny thing is, is Christianity had already been planted in my heart. And I was, I had enough conviction in me to know that I could, couldn't take it too far. I didn't want to worship Satan. Sure. So my whole thing was, you know, well, death is part of life, you know, and I started going down that path. It's true. Death is a part of life. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but when it comes to being a Christian, you, 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 your convictions can really put you in a spot that, you know, kind of more or less, if, if it's not overtly just glorifying Jesus, you're singing about the life of a Christian and that's what Striper does. Right. So, so, you know, and that's one other subject that I get a little irritated with Christians is the fact that they're afraid to talk about death sometimes. They're mm. afraid to talk about sex. They're afraid to talk about, yeah. you know, trafficking, porn, yeah. you know, drug abuse sometimes. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I understand why somebody would kind of go towards a certain like of something or mm-hmm. or or have a preference for something that nothing's ever talked about. Yeah. So um, what I wanted to say was the calling part. How, when you guys were in the garage and you, you know, dedicated your lives, what happened after that? And did you feel a call in your heart? What was the spiritual part of that? Well, that's kind of a hard question to answer because at that time we had like I said, rededicated our lives. And then from there, it was like, well, okay, now where do we start? And I think it started with Michael taking lyrics from all the songs he had written in the past Mm -hmm. and changing all the lyrics. Which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's really cool that that he did that. If you knew some of the lyrics that were of old Striper songs, you'd it was all about partying and rock and roll and all that stuff. But then he took in the genius of his writing mind. He's a great writer. Oh, he's so yeah. good. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. At his, his right. He can stamp them out. Yeah, you he know. can. But, but, um, he, he was able to take and turn. He had, he had enough, uh, let's say, uh, uh, you know, upbringing in the church to be able to kind of turn them into Christian songs just from where they were. Right. So that was pretty cool. And then from there on, every song he wrote had Christian lyrics in them and were about being Christians or, or, or flat out about Jesus, like the song makes me want to sing. Yeah. And songs that you've written, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, I mean, I was a part of that. But I right. mean, the thing is, is the, the, what matters is God had a purpose. He had a plan. So so you guys dedicated your lives and you started singing music about Jesus and they were blatant lyrics and you guys were dressed in these insanely crazy costumes 
that were very much like the style of that day. Spandex. So, somewhat. Leggings, <laughs> very tight. And of course, all of you had long hair, uh, very long hair, <laughs> down we, we to your wore, backs. We all some, wore makeup. You guys wore makeup. And I, there was a lot of people, and we just have to say this and, and just expose it that came against you that were believers, yeah. that did not believe that there was a way to reach the youth, a way to reach the lost generation of people that were listening to music that was dark. Yeah. But what happened? Well, obviously we followed the trends, but we wanted to sing about Jesus and you know, kind of attract the people that were listening to the music of the 80s and in the Sunset Strip area of that time everybody was uh you know kind of dressing that way and wore a lot of spandex i love that era (laughs) makeup whatever um but but for us we had to be a little cautious about how we did it Mm -hmm. and we were always careful to to not go too far to one side to make it look like we were being effeminates or any of that of course the church made up their own mind. About of course that. they did. Of course but, they did. But, but I mean, if anything, it was, it was cool. And, and one of the things that happened was we became because uh, 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 of Robert and his showman I, mentality. Yeah. I love, I love that part of him. He came Creative. up with the whole, he came up with, even before Striper, he right. came up with the whole yellow and black stripe. It's a genius. Thing. I think, I thought, it, I think it's genius. Yeah, yeah. So he wanted to see stripes on everything. Right. In yellow and black and, and, kind of use it. it. It started off with just something that looked cool. But then when we became Christians, then it was like, well, we can turn this into something else. It can actually mean, hey, we're here to warn you about the world, you know, and kind of, you know, tell you that it's if like, you don't it, receive be, Jesus. Because, <laughs> you know, if if you see when you're driving the mm-hmm. yellow and black stripes, yeah, that, that sign you know, put in by airplanes and different areas of the highway, it means caution, yes. slow down, be careful. Yeah. Right. Because, because There's not, a cliff everybody, ahead. not everybody in the world understands that, uh, that everyone needs to, needs to surrender their lives to Jesus because that's how our souls are saved. You know, that's ultimately what it boils down to. So I wanted to ask you a personal question because the calling part, Hmm. Do you, how would you explain this and do you feel called to, to someone else that would be wanting to do music that would glorify God? It, it, is it a calling? Well, yeah, of course. Or is it just something you can do? No, uh, it's, it, of course, it's something you can do if you want it to be. But I mean, if you're serious about really doing the will of God in your life, I mean, you, first thing is you got to be dedicated to him. Mm-hmm. You have to know and be completely sold out mm-hmm. in fo- to follow him and then know what you're supposed to do. It's your, he creates the purpose for you. Uh, it, I was going to read something uh, about that. Go ahead. Um, I, I got this clip, uh, this cool verse from uh, Ephesians 1. Uh, verses 11 and 12, and this is in the Message Bible. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, uh, he had his eye on us and designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. Right there. 
that tells me that he already knew and he had a plan and I was, I was part of the plan and, and I had to just surrender to him and he kind of opened the doors. Can you imagine if you wouldn't have surrendered? Like, what if what if you were in that garage and you go back in time and you say, you know what, you guys, you guys are weirdos. I'm done here. I'm not going to dedicate my life song to Jesus. I've got better things to do. I've got other musicians to deal with I, that are going to do cool stuff. You guys are whacked out. And what if you would have walked I, out? I, us? I, I don't know. I, exactly. So, so I really don't know what would have happened. But I know one thing. I know that my life, uh, dedicating my talent to the Lord has been a blessing since we the day one since day one when we started sorry about that <laughs> but um i'm telling you i i couldn't see myself doing it doing it any other way okay now as far as where i would go with with music is it okay to can to write music that's not christian i i, I guess that's really there's a fine line on that you don't want to write anything that's discouraging or flat out evil in my well, opinion well it's just a friend in a book you can write about your life and, and and you know like a reporter or someone you know uh, telling a story it's, as long as it's not uh, in, inviting people into death or killing yeah. themselves or war or hating on people or killing other people yeah right well and and the whole thing about that and with christians it's it's just silly well, it's people, really silly for people to think, well, you're a Christian. You only have to write Christian well, lyrics. Well, then tell me how you're going to drive a car. Because it, people that build the cars, they're not all Christian. Right, exactly. So you're not going to use the car because they're... they're because they're, you don't know. Yeah, right. and who built the furniture we're sitting on right, right. now? Yeah, of We course. don't know who built it. Right. So we're not going to use it because, they oh, they, they weren't dedicated to Jesus. Well, yeah. So we better and, not use so, it. So that's where you can get a little too far in the of, legalism. I'm sorry, but it's a bunch of weirdos. They can just yeah, step yeah, back. Because but, but, but you know what? We all have to We all have to remember that we can't... It's it's not up to us to tell people they have to change their mind. It's up of to the course, Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit has to convict them, right, and that's why we pray them. for people. Yeah, you know, and that's and, my and, whole thing. I mean, even in the Christian world, you're going to come into situations where you're not going to agree, and 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 as long as you can, uh, uh, you know, trust that God is working in your life, you don't have to worry about that other person. You can do what God's showing you to do yeah, and trust it, that. It, it, the evangelism part of Striper. Yeah. So it, it's it's never like in your face and direct and rude and like, you better do this right now. Come to the altar. <laughs> it's just like, I, I don't want to say casual. It's very inviting. It's full of joy. It's happy. It's uh, it's like a, a like a asking to be a friend like hey you want to hang out with us hmm. you want to come listen to our music dude let's hang out and party well and then that's and, another part of the purpose right is sharing the personality that you are yeah being who we are in striper and being as popular as we are then we also have to be the example personally to people i mean you guys are full of love i i think and, genuinely the yeah. fans and people that get to know you and even the i've seen fans that are younger generation younger people than me their parents introduced to striper and of course striper's uh been part of people becoming pastors and everything and mm. e you know evangelists and ministers and people that are dedicating their lives to christ and so uh, i've seen the effect on people and i see people in the audience when i'm in the audience watching them watch the band there's people crying mm -hmm. they're crying while they're listening to you guys and screaming and they're, they're just really getting into it because they have basically changed their lives because of the introduction to yeah. the gospel through the music. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, that 
even confirms more about the purpose for me being in the band and doing Christian music is because the people that are touched. I see every night. Right. Every night I watch people's faces as I'm out there singing the chorus of, of, of Yahweh. I love that song. You know, when I sing yeah. Yahweh and I'm playing guitar and performing it live with the band, I forget about everybody in the band. It's me, the audience, and the Lord. And I raise my hands up in the chorus and sing Yahweh. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> there's, that's just the, that's probably one of the most awesome experiences Mm-hmm. I can have this is worshiping the Lord right there. At a concert. Your mom does that too. When she comes and sees you guys, when <laughs> we used to have house of blues concerts yeah. and, and you know, whiskey go, go, you guys have played in such amazing places. You've opened for very famous bands. Mm-hmm. Can you name some of them you guys opened for uh, Bon Jovi, Ronnie James Dio, kiss scorpions, you know, a, a bunch of different bands. You guys have been around a lot of cool people that are very well known and yeah. God has put you in that position. I actually uh, worked with, with, uh, uh, Gene Simmons at yes. the rock and roll fantasy camp one weekend. And I heard that he likes striper and their look. He told me, he yeah. told me he respected us because we stood for something and we created a brand in his mind. That's something. And, and, and I had to tell him, I got the chance to tell him, well, you know, a lot of the production and everything that we do was because of Robert's inspiration of Kiss and mm-hmm. your production. And he was like, really? You know? <laughs> That's great. So, so I, look, you never know how you're going to affect someone, mm-hmm. you know, and if, if, you know, as a matter of fact, we're going to be playing in the Kiss Cruise coming up. Yeah. And uh, cruise. So. I want to... Uh have people know how to get a hold of you because we're going to uh, have part two, but I want people to know how to reach you if they want to interview you or talk to you. And maybe you can share some of your product. Well, um, obviously there's Striper albums out there at striper.com. Yeah, and striper.com. That's, that's, that's how you can get a hold of, you know, management and whatever to see or find out where we're playing at, find out uh, bios on us and pictures and whatnot. Uh, find out where to get music and merchandise. But uh, as far as myself, of course, I have a Facebook page, uh, an Ozfox page. I have two different ones. There's a fan page that everyone well, can... Well, just a fan page. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, got, I've got an Instagram, Sir, mm-hmm. Sir Fox on the Instagram. And then how do they get a hold of you on your website? Um, well, I, I know right now I don't really have any uh, anything that gets a hold of me directly from their website other than uh, going to my Facebook page and posting, you know, any any kind of so what's uh, your website uh well i have uh ozfox.com okay. or ozfox.us one of the two you can see some stuff there of me uh um and also um there's um the Siraz academy website okay which is where i've had some uh, uh teaching tutorials and whatnot and speaking of that we're going to come back uh thank you for coming on today mm. and we'll see you in a little bit okay, okay. My name is Annie Lobert, and I want to thank you so much for coming on Pink Chair today. See you next time. Hi, friends. It's Annie Lobert from Annie's Pink Chair, and I am actually on location at our nonprofit ministry called the Destiny House. And do you feel and see the presence that's going on here, the peace, the calmness, the comfort, the beautiful grass, the trees. This is what each woman comes to when she enters our Destiny House program for sex trafficking victims. 
I'm Nikki. I'm the Education Outreach Coordinator. Um, I've seen girls come in here and just broken, just in need of something. And we give them a gift box when they first arrive, and then the look on their face, because their traffickers taken everything from them, the look on their face is just amazing and precious. And just watching them grow in Christ throughout their journey here is incredible. Would you please consider partnering with us monthly? or just send us a one-time donation, just go to our website at hookersforjesus.net and click on donate. And listen, your donation goes to a good cause and it's tax deductible. Thank you so much.